Welcome to another edition of the Nuggets Inc. podcast presented by the Denver Post. I'm Nuggets beat writer Mike Singer. We are recording live from an undisclosed location in Denver, AG's gym. Aaron Gordon, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, Mike. Appreciate you pulling up. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you. I love it. I told you before we started that I was most interested in the process. I'm curious how you got here. And it's not necessarily where you're at that I'm most interested. I just want to know how you think you've arrived at the best, most efficient season you've ever had in the NBA. And you could take that anywhere you want it. Well, it's a lot of hard work. And then it's just the continuity of being on the same team with the same coach and the same players around you, same offense, you know. Um, just being able to nuance the game a little bit, understanding where I'm getting my looks from, and then just playing with guys like Nikola Jokic, playing with guys like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., who are excellent ball players. And so it just makes the game easy. It's like almost sometimes I get lost in, in the shuffle while I'm on the court, and that's never happened to me before. So to be out there and kind of just um, kind of like get in where I fit in, it's great, man. I love being the glue guy. So I want to reset a little bit and look back to this off season. What does a typical off season look like for you, and what was maybe unique or different about this past off season? Well, the typical off season for me is um, a lot of work. You know, I, I like to stay in the gym. You know, there's only a, a finite amount of time that I can dedicate my life to basketball in terms of actually playing the physicality of it. Um, and then uh, a lot of uh, mental mental side of it came into it, you know, the cerebral aspect of basketball, you know, watching a lot of film, understanding where I can get better, you know, kind of trim some of the fat in my game. Um, but, you know, a lot of a lot of the uh, my offseason is getting away, too. You know, I love to travel. I went to Alaska. I was about to ask about that. And went deep sea fishing. I went to Morocco and uh, spent some time in the souk at the Garden of Marjorie. Um, and some Riyadh's. I went to South Africa, Cape Town, and Bird Island, um, Mandela, and, and the Mandela Museum, Johannesburg, went to Paris, went to the Sistine Chapel in Rome, I went to Sardinia. Um, so I was, I was, I went to Prague. I was all over the place, you know, to go see Joker in Prague, you know, I wanted to pull up on him and, and go show my love and show support that no matter where he is in the world, you know, he got a brother in me. Um, so that that was a big part of just expanding my mind as well, you know, and understanding that um, it's a big world, and um, but small at the same time. If that that makes sense. I was about to ask: Is that just you being a citizen of the world, wanting to learn, explore, expand, you know, be a part of different cultures? Of course, of course. You know, that's um, like what I love to do. That's one of my favorite things to do: is be a part of different cultures and travel and just kind of seek uh, knowledge and <laughs> just be curious about what's going on around the world. Um, and then it was also like, uh, you know, trying to escape, you know, trying to get away from, um, you know, that terrible, terrible series I had against the Warriors last year. So You were sweating it? Yeah, man. I had to get, figure out a way to <laughs> shake that off. It was nasty, man. Uh -huh. So, you know, you travel wherever you want to go in the world. You try and get away from your problems. But the thing about your problems is they're faster than you are. They come with you? They, they come, stay with you? They come with you. So go all over the world, travel the world. And then I, I'll go to the other side of the world. But the only thing I want to do in the world is just get better at basketball and, and hoop and play. So it just reminds me how much I love the game 
And then after I get all of that out of my system and come back and I'm and, and reminded how much I love this game, that's when I lock in. And so just being in my gym working just rep for rep, you know, um, not necessarily about quantity, but more mm-hmm. quality. So you're you're bouncing abroad and trying to escape and yet it's still tugging at you. Oh man, it's crazy like <laughs> like a fiend in the night, man. Yeah. <laughs> I start itching, I start start scratching like man, I can't wait till till I can get back to this game that I love so dearly. Uh you mentioned Prague and you mentioned visiting Joker. What was the, you know, I know you wanted to show him love and just show the support. You're there all the time. Was that just that was the only impetus to go there or did you want to connect with him and, and level with him and maybe maybe establish what this upcoming season uh, might look like? And I don't want to assume anything. Oh, excuse me. Um, well, I was on vacation. You know, that's fine. I was I was in Europe. I was I was in. Uh, Not mad. I was in. I stopped in Amsterdam, then Paris, and then from Paris, I realized that the World Games were going on. I was okay. like, Oh, he's right around the corner. Let me uh, let me pull up on him, and I uh, just want to let him know that, you know, even though he's from Sambor and I'm from California, no matter where in the world that he is and where of the world I am through this game of basketball he will always have a brother in me I had heard and I don't know if this is true but I had heard that you guys like grabbed a, a meal together uh while in Prague is that true or no mm, no that's not, I, I you, did, you didn't have time to no I, I understand what what it takes to be great okay you know I understand what it means to be focused okay and so I would never want to take him out of his routine you know so I would I know how he is as a person. Okay. You know, we, we spend 80% of our time together during the season. Okay. We don't need to spend any more time That's in the off-season out. Like, it is fine. I pulled up him, uh, on him at the gym, saw him absolutely dominate. He right. only played, like, eight, eight, like, the first quarter. That's right. And he had, like, 13, 10, and, like, 11 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and international basketball is different. He was yet. going crazy right. and, and just sat the rest of the game. I think they blew out Poland or something like that. And, um, yeah, I didn't want to take him out of his rhythm, you know. Does it help to see him in a different light? Like, you see him all the time here, but now you get to kick your legs up, watch from the stands, and watch this dude cook. Yeah, it was really cool. I just was just in awe, you know, in awe just how how well and how consistent he plays. You mentioned um, auditing yourself and trim the fat, to use your phrase. And, you know, I, you, you talked about studying and pouring over second spectrum and figuring out where to be most efficient. In, in my opinion, that's that seems like the physical component. That's the physical changes to the game. And you said you did some mental legwork, too. What does that mental legwork look like? I was pretty much going through synergy. Okay. Um, figuring out where I'm deficient at. Or, I mean, I, I really wasn't deficient in, in synergy. It was just a lot of it just said good, you know. And I'm not okay with that. You know, I would rather be excellent than good. So uh, figuring out where I can bring that good to excellent. Um, a lot of it was just like um, in the uh, restricted area and just outside the restricted area and just like close twos and figuring out how to score. You know, that's really, really what it came down to. In a lot of ways, I feel like, specifically Nicola, but probably also you, you're essentially competing against yourself. Is that is that fair to say that you are just like, you want to optimize and be the best version of yourself and you're not content until it's until you've realized that? Oh, of course, of course. That's been my, my only goal. Um, 
uh, for a long time. You know, I have a, a a shoe over there. Like I have my signature shoe, like the AG3s, and one of the quotes on it is, uh, "The only competition is yourself," and uh, and it's true. You know, that's the only thing that that matters is just being better than yourself the day before. Have, when did you wrap your head around that idea? Have you always believed that? Um, that's a, like, it's a mature perspective is what I'm getting at. Yeah, not when I first came to the league. I wanted to be the best in the world, you know? And uh, it was kind of like a result, but it's fleeting. It's uh, kind of a shallow a shallow goal. Okay. Um, I figured that if I focused on just being the best that I could possibly be, then that potentiality could happen. Yeah. You know? Uh, Coach Michael Malone has talked about recently, he's raved about your buy-in. He's raved about Michael Porter's buy-in, playing within himself, staying within his role, said the same thing about you. Um, When you kind of think about that, how did you arrive at that place where you're okay, you know, not overextending yourself? And just almost think about it like a wave. Like you just go with where the wave is, and yet, you know, it's yielded the best season that you've ever had. Well, I mean, that's kind of like what it means to be a glue guy. Um, if I need to hit threes, I hit threes. If I need to post up, I'll post up. If I need to make plays, I'll make plays. If I need to just rebound and do dirty work and play defense, I'll do that. I, you know, I'm I'm here to do anything that I can to help this team win a championship, help Joker win a championship, help Jamal win a championship, mm-hmm. help Michael Malone win a championship. That's it. You know, it's winning is – the end all be all. So I'll do whatever it takes to win. Um and with that, you know, you you could see my leash get longer and longer and longer until there is no leash now. Now Mike if I do play outside of myself for one or two plays, Mike's okay with it. Nobody's sweating that. Yeah. How rare is that in the NBA that you, that Jamal, that Mike that obviously Nikola Jokic all have a selfless attitude. Like to me, that is an indicative um, perspective of where this team can go. The fact that the the main core four have all have that uh, perspective and aren't trying to get theirs. Well, it's incredibly rare. Um, you know, just with the NBA talking about contracts and talking about uh, individual accolades, um, it just it doesn't happen. You know, I, at least I didn't see it until this point. Then when you got one of the best players in the world, if not the best player in the world, who's right. selfless, right? you have no right to be selfish at all. You okay. know, you got to follow that. It, is it liberating to to not – you just said you're the glue guy. You do whatever it takes to win. Is it liberating to not think about anything else other than winning and, and whatever impacts winning, regardless of if it ends up in the box score or not, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a whole like pressure off my back. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing I can go out there and just play the game and just play hard uh, and just allow the preparation that I've put in over the summer to take care of the rest, you know, and just be great one day at a time. And, um, you know, in, in terms of like the selfish and the, the selflessness of, of the way that we play, it's just a fun game of basketball. When the ball's popping around, right. there's energy in the ball, there's energy in the team. You cheer for everybody, you celebrate everybody's success, and it's just uh, it's just a beautiful game. With all the work that you did um, in the off season, did you have any idea that this season was coming for you? And within that, the efficiency um, that you've had this season did you did you see any of this coming? We could be honest. <laughs> uh, as soon as I got traded to Denver, 
I knew the opportunity to win a championship was at hand. Uh, and what about specifically? I mean, last year's a different scenario. You know, no Mike, no Jamal. You're being asked a ton to be the number two to uh, defend the top guys. This year, it's like, all right, now this is almost ideal. I would assume ideal, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I, yeah, I think it's just a broader scale. You know, I think it's less specific than this actual year. Okay. Um, I think it, it comes down to understanding that we have a chance to win a championship and that I'm trying to win a championship for these guys, and they're doing the same for me. And um, within that, the stats and the, the results, they take care of itself. So I know you don't dwell on numbers. You and I have talked about that before. Uh, am, I, am I correct in assuming that you judge yourself strictly via wins? Uh, we can, again, be nah, honest. I wouldn't say via, not, okay. not completely via wins. You know, if I could control winning, we'd be 82-0. and 0. Okay. We'd win the playoffs every year. Yeah, yeah, I would have never lost a game. All right. You know what I mean? All right, that's fair. Um, I feel like I judge myself on how courageous I was during the game um, and how present I was during the game. So those are the two things um, and, and how devoted I am to trusting my skill set. What does courageous mean within the game? Uh, just trusting your instinct, you know, being cour courageous to – bring what I've been working on in front of nobody to a grand scale in front of millions. Um, is that, I mean, is that, a, have you always had that opinion or is that a maturity that comes about from being in the league for a minute? That's definitely uh, something that comes with just practicing like a lot of mindfulness, okay. you know, and, and practicing developing yourself off of the, off the court. You know, a lot of the young guys, are, they're still trying to figure out how to put the ball in the basket. They're still figuring out, like, what scoring is, like, and how to score. Um, and that's it's not really what the game is about. It's way bigger than that. It takes a level of acceptance. Yeah, you have to accept um, who you are as a person and then develop yourself off the floor. You know, the more sound that you are off the floor, the better – you're going to be on the floor, the more peaceful you're going to be on the floor, the more flow you're going to have on the floor. And the carryover to when you're done playing basketball is going to be a lot less stressful. It's going to be a lot less depressing. And people don't think about that. Oh, yeah, there's life still to come. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're tw right. 27 right now. <laughs> right. I've uh, been in the league for – I've played eight years. Yeah. Um, I'm close to halfway home. You know what I mean? So uh, maybe play till like 36, 38, God willing. Yeah. You know, knock on wood. That's all. Still got lifetimes after that. Yeah, you got life. Hopefully, God willing, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you never know. You could go tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I feel like uh, at this point in my life, you know, I'm pretty peaceful. I only got a couple more for you. Um, when you say developing yourself off the court because it translates on the court, what do you mean by that? Uh, it means like going to therapy, you know, finding a therapist that you can open up to and, and help you with your everyday problems. You yeah. Know, and understanding that you're not alone in some of the struggles that you go through. Um, doing like sports psychology. Um, developing some of your other skills, you know, whether it be reading or writing or playing an instrument or a different, chess. different sport chess yeah exactly like chess you know so developing other hobbies and other parts of yourself it's going to round you out and it's going to actually 
contribute to your basketball game. Did someone encourage you to, to go seek out a sports psychologist or was that a, a self-recognition like I could benefit? Uh, you know, we actually had one in high school. Okay. So my freshman year. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, he, he came down uh, named Graham Betchart. He came down to Archbishop Midian and talked to us. And that was kind of like my introductory into sports psych. And it was just next play speed. You know, that's where it started. You know, just be present on the next play, next play, next play, this play, this play. And um, it gets, it gets, uh, it gets stressful, you know, this life. It's a little stressful. You know, you got critics, uh, you got family members tugging on you. Um, you have relationship problems, you know, your performance-based um, struggles. You know what I mean? There's just a lot of pressure that comes with being a professional athlete and being in uh, sports and entertainment. Yeah. People don't like to see. They don't know. They don't understand. When you go out on the floor, they don't care. People don't. People don't care what you're going through. Mm-hmm. They just want to see you cook. And you're like, am I am I not a human anymore? Right. Right. Exactly. Come so so it's uh, important to always remember and rehumanize yourself. I think that's an important point that people need to hear that it's, you know, you're way more than a, than a, a point per game average than a rebound per game average. It's, and it's, it's reductive and unfair. And the, the best part about my job is, is getting to know you guys as people. And it's like the, the depths and like, how, how, you know, I love the relationships that we forged. No, the relationships are everything. You know, that's really what it's about when it comes down to it. You know, the brotherhoods that we share. But I wouldn't say it's unfair, though. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah y'all get paid. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you get, okay. <laughs> it's pretty lucrative. Relatively. <laughs> so it's not not too unfair in terms of that. But it. But I'm saying pigeonholing people. Yeah, yeah, we do we do get um, like pigeonholed and um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to to switch gears for a second, when you're talking with your guys. How are you describing what Nikola Jokic does on a basketball court? He's amazing. Like your boy, your friends. This I'm, is, I'm not talking nuggets. I, I know. He's amazing. That's all we talk about. That's like after the games, I'm like, yo, that's a bad boy. Yeah. All the time. All the time. And it, I've never really experienced something like that. I mean, what are they asking you? And what are you, are you like breaking down a play to them? Are you just like, how the hell did he see this? Like, you know, what, what do those conversations look like? Um, it's really like his touch around the rim. Okay. You know, his finesse around the rim. He has left hand, right hand. He can shoot right foot, right hand, left foot, left hand, right foot, left hand from a multitude of distances. He's a threat from all over the floor. And then, yeah, he's just so unselfish. You know, he passes so well. Um, we were talking about right before we started recording, Joker is essentially a point guard in a center body. You're essentially a point guard in a power forward body. What is it? What is that? dynamic like when all those skill sets get baked into a four five and then get deployed onto a court like is that just uh, you know look i know that you you like painting you've told me that that's a hobby of yours does it feel like you just have a canvas out on the court just to mess around with yeah each game each game it feels like a new canvas uh, that's a great analogy it's really cool um but we'll see you know we're in the midst of the season um yeah. it's uh, the Nuggets' best start in franchise history through 45 games. Nailed it. And, um, you know, it's a testament to how great Joker is. And Jamal and Michael being back, additions with Bruce Brown and KCP um, and DeAndre Jordan. 
and then Bones is coming to do his own, and then it's a testament to Mike Malone staying in there too, and, and really letting people uh, people be themselves. So we'll see how that four five point <laughs> combo works. We talk about C Web Vladdy. Yeah, how we like that comp? C Web Vladdy, I like that. I like that. I, I uh, Yoke is better than Vladdy though. For sure. That I'm not, I'm just I was trying to think like Ancy it, Web, but it's so for <laughs> sure the, the for love. sure, but it's so rare. That's the point. Like it's so rare that you can run four or five pick and rolls like you guys do. Mm, it is that is you don't see that. Mm-mm. Like you saw it with, like Lob City, like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, they run it. Um, Peter Turkoglu and Dwight, Ho- Dwight Howard. Oh, okay, they would run it. Yep. I was they put Richard in the corner. Okay. And Hedo would come off that that step up and that was crazy. And so Mike is the Richard in this Yeah, one. exactly. Yep. yep. That team Mike, was nice. Mike would be Richard Lewis in this in this point. Um does it like sometimes I feel like with Joker that I think he's even admitted this that sometimes he gets a little bit bored out there. And mm. and I've I I wanted to ask you does do you feel any kind of obligation to keep it interesting for him? Meaning, like, let's mess around. Let's see what we can do. Let's throw some, like, crazy passes and, and try to mess with this defense and, and just deploy it in a new way. Yeah, it's important to be creative out there. You know, that's an uh, extremely important piece that I always remind myself. Like, have fun, win the game, and be creative. You know, try some things. And then if uh, this was, if this is what boring is, I'm good with you boring. Good? <laughs> I'm good with boring. That's funny. Um Last one for you, AG. Uh, you have participated in the slam dunk contest. Um, what would it mean to you if it was if you were at All Star Weekend for a different reason? Uh, you and I have talked about you being in the conversation. There's a real chance that you're going to be an All Star this year. What would it mean to you to have the accolade, Aaron Gordon All Star, next to your name? Man, it'd be awesome. It would really be awesome. Um, I think I've played well enough. I think uh, I got a hoop a little harder. Down the stretch of January, keep, keep winning. Yeah, um, but like, it would just like it would send me, you know, it would send me. I just put in years and years and years of work into this craft, and um, it would be a beautiful, beautiful accolade. But at the end of the day, it's about that chip. You don't need validation, all star. It's it's the chip. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah, it's the chip. It's the chip. Um, the status is, it's whatever. Um, the feeling is whatever. Yeah, it's about the internal validation and then winning it all, being the last team to have a win. Aaron Gordon, I cannot thank you enough. This was uh, outstanding, and I, and I really think people will find it fascinating to, to pull back the curtain a little bit, not just basketball players. We've talked about this. There's a lot more, and I think people deserve and want to hear about it from let we'll call it the best team in the West. The best in the West, baby. I like it. Thank you, AG. All right, thanks, Mike. Turn around